Scripture is full of references to Jesus as the light of the world. Um, of course, the, the Gospel of John is explicitly refers to Jesus constantly as the light. Also in uh, Thessalonians, Paul refers to us being the sons of light and the daughters of the day. And uh, as we light these candles, um, this light represents the light of Christ. And it's just a reminder tonight that we do not derive any light from our own power in our own will. The light that we have comes from the light of Christ. We're here to remember the day when that light for at least a short time was extinguished. I know this might be a little bit different for you, for anybody. No weird, no voodoo, no strange things are going to happen tonight. This is going to be centered around nothing but the Gospels and Scripture and us remembering the story. So we're going to just begin... Having prayed, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed over the brook Kidron at a place where there was a garden, and he and his disciples entered it. Judas, his betrayer, knew the place because Jesus and his disciples went there often. So Judas led the way to the garden. And the Roman soldiers and police sent by the high priests and Pharisees followed. They arrived there with lanterns and torches and swords. And Jesus, knowing by now everything that was coming down on him, went out and met them and said, Who are you after? They answered, Jesus the Nazarene. He said, That is me. And the soldiers recoiled, totally taken aback. Judas, his betrayer, stood out like a sore thumb. And Jesus asked again, who are you after? And they answered again, Jesus the Nazarene. He said, I told you, that's me. I'm the one. So if it's me you're after, let these others go. Just then, Simon Peter, who was carrying a sword, pulled it from its sheath and struck the chief priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Malchus was the servant's name. And Jesus ordered Peter, put back your sword. Do you think for a minute I'm not going to drink this cup the Father gave me? Then the Roman soldiers under their commander, joined by the Jewish police, seized Jesus and tied him up. They took him first to Annas, father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the chief priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it was to their advantage that one man die for the people. 
Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. That other disciple was known to the chief priest, and so he went in with Jesus to the chief priest's courtyard. Peter had to stay outside. Then the other disciple went out, spoke to the doorkeeper, and got Peter in. The young woman who was the doorkeeper said to Peter, Aren't you one of this man's disciples? He said, No, no, I'm not. The servants and police had made a fire because of the cold and were huddled there warming themselves. Peter stood with them trying to get warm. Annas interrogated Jesus regarding his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered, I've spoken openly in public. I've taught regularly in meeting places in the temple where the Jews all come together. Everything has been out in the open. I've said nothing in secret. So why are you treating me like a conspirator? Question those who have been listening to me. They know well what I said. My teachings have all been above board. When he said this, one of the policemen standing there slapped him in the face and said, how dare you speak to the chief priest like that? Jesus replied, if I've said something wrong, prove it. But if I've spoken the plain truth, then why slap me? Then Anna sent him, still tied up, to the chief priest Caiaphas. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was back at the fire, still trying to get warm. The others there said to him, aren't you one of his disciples? No, not me. Then one of the chief priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, didn't I see you in the garden with him? And again, Peter denied it. And just then, a rooster crowed. They led Jesus then from Caiaphas to the Roman governor's palace. It was early morning. They themselves didn't enter the palace because they didn't want to be disqualified from eating the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and spoke, What charge do you bring against this man? They said, If he hadn't been doing something evil, do you think we'd be here bothering you? Pilate said, You take him. Judge him by your law. The Jews said, we're not allowed to kill anyone. Pilate went back into the palace and called for Jesus. He said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own? Or did others tell you this about me? Pilate said, do I look like a Jew? Your people and your high priests turned you over to me. What did you do? My kingdom, said Jesus, doesn't consist of what you see around you. If it did, my followers would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over. But I'm not that kind of king. Not the world's kind of king. Then Pilate said, so, are you a king or not? Jesus answered, you tell me. Because I am king, I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares for truth, who has any feeling for truth, 
recognizes my voice. Pilate said, what is truth? Then Pilate went back out to the Jews and told them, I find nothing wrong in this man. It's your custom that I pardon one prisoner at Passover. Do you want me to pardon this king of the Jews? And they shouted, not this one, not this one, but Barabbas. So Pilate took Jesus and had him whipped. The soldiers, having braided a crown from thorns, set it on his head, threw a purple robe over him, and approached him with, Hail, King of the Jews, and then slapped him in his face. Pilate went back out again and said to them, I present him to you, but I want you to know I do not find him guilty of any crime. Just then, Jesus came out wearing the thorn crown and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Behold, here is the man. And when the high priests and police saw him, they shouted in a frenzy, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate told them, You take him. You crucify him. I find nothing wrong with him. The Jews answered, we have a law, and by that law he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he became even more scared. He went back into the palace and said to Jesus, where did you come from? Jesus gave no answer. Pilate said, you won't talk? Don't you know that I have the authority to pardon you and to crucify you? Jesus said, you haven't a shred of authority over me except what has been given you from heaven. That's why the one who betrayed me to you has committed a far greater fault. At this, Pilate tried his best to pardon him, but the Jews shouted him down. If you pardon this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone setting himself up as king defies Caesar. When Pilate heard those words, he led Jesus outside. Pilate sat down in the judgment seat in the area designated Stone Court. It was the preparation day for Passover. The hour was noon. Pilate said to the Jews, Here is your king. They shouted back, Kill him! Kill him! Crucify him! Pilate said, I am to crucify your king? The high priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Pilate caved in to their demand and turned him over to be crucified. They took him away. Carrying his cross, Jesus went out to the place called Skull Hill. 
Golgotha, where they crucified him. And with him, two others, one on each side, Jesus in the middle. Pilate wrote a sign and had it placed on the cross. Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was right next to Jerusalem. It was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The Jewish high priests objected. Don't write, they said to Pilate, don't write, don't write the king of the Jews. Make it, this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate said, what I've written, I've written. When they crucified him, the Roman soldiers took his clothes and divided them up four ways to each soldier a fourth. But his robe was seamless, a single piece of weaving. So they said to each other, let's not tear it up. Let's throw dice to see who gets it. Confirming scripture written hundreds of years earlier that said they divided up the Messiah's clothes among them and threw dice for it. While the soldiers were looking after themselves, Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. And he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own mother. Seeing that everything had been completed so that the scripture record would be complete, Jesus then said, I am thirsty. And a jug of wine was standing by. Someone put a sponge soaked in it on a javelin and lifted it to his mouth. After he took the wine, Jesus said, it's done. It's complete. It's finished. And bowing his head, he offered up his spirit. It was the day of Sabbath preparation. Because the Jews could not work on the Sabbath, a group of them went to Pilate to ask him to hasten the death of those on the crosses by breaking their legs so they could no longer lift themselves up on their nail-pierced feet to take excruciating breath after excruciating breath. Pilate agreed with the demands, and so the Roman soldiers went through the crosses, went through the criminals, breaking bones. As they came to Jesus, they noticed that he had already died. 
But to be sure, they took a spear and they pierced his side. Out of the wound flowed blood and water. But this also validated scriptures written hundreds of years that said no bones on the Messiah would be broken. Joseph of Arimathea was a secret disciple of Jesus. Intimidated by the religious leaders, he came to Pilate and asked for the body of his Savior, of his Lord. Pilate agreed to the demand. And another disciple of Jesus, a man named Nicodemus, who had met with Jesus once under the cover of darkness because of his fear, now came boldly, carrying the spices and the perfumes for his burial. They took the body from the cross and according to Jewish tradition, wrapped it in linen and anointed it for burial. Nearby was a tomb, and because it was almost the Sabbath, the two men carried the body to this tomb that was so close. They walked in with the body of Jesus, son of Mary, son of Joseph, son of God, deposited the body there, and rolled a stone across the mouth of the tomb and left the dead body of their Savior in it. Sons and daughters of the light, this is our story. It's the story of a man who walked where we could not walk, who endured what we could not endure with no sin, and was obedient to his father unto death, even death on a cross.
our journey tonight is complete. Um, I would like to pray for us all. You're free to stay in this space as long as you would like. For those of us who would leave, I would ask us to respect this space and respect this moment and leave in silence or as near silence as you can. God, how much I want to, how I want to miss this night, how much I want to avoid this day, how much I want this story to end a different way, Lord, but it had to be done. The horror and the brutality of an innocent man God, as much as we want to lean into Sunday, the disciples had nothing but vague promises uh, and, and things that made no sense about Sunday at the time. They were as plagued as much with doubt, Lord, as, as certainty. You died alone and in pain. Go in peace tonight. May Jesus Christ, who for our sake became obedient unto death, even death on a cross, may Jesus Christ keep you tonight and strengthen you this night and forever. Amen.